Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by Yogi Aaron. Yogi. Yogi is a trailblazing yoga teacher who is leading a global rebellion against the harmful practice of stretching. So we're going to be talking to him and about his new yoga that he founded called Ayama. So Yogi, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I've I've heard a little bit about you through the grapevine, and one of the comments was, "What a great voice you have!" and and they weren't kidding. You have a great voice for this. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that you heard good things. Is <laughs> this you're you're lulling me into a deep state of relaxation right now with that voice? <laughs> That's great. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. I uh, am a yoga teacher. I've been a yoga teacher for over 30 years, and I got into yoga to really just stretch my tight body. I started to get really tight. Um, as my younger years, I was like most uh, teenage boys, uh, very active. I was a, did dog sledding. Uh, went on three-week canoe trips, hiked the Rocky Mountains. I was a cross-trail runner, uh, did just everything. Ice hockey, you know, it's a Canadian sport, snowshoeing. And I just started to notice that my body t- started getting tight, tight. It started to tighten up. And what I turned to was yoga. And for me, yoga was all about stretching uh, back then. And one of the things that started to happen pretty immediately was I I developed back pain, I developed hip pain, I uh, ended up having my back seize up on me. Took me about twenty five years to figure out that the stretching was the culprit, and I ended up in an emergency room in a hospital around the age of forty five. Uh, with a doctor telling me that I probably would need a spinal fusion in my lower back. And that was a bit of a shocker to me, of course, because I thought that I was doing all the right things. And I found out, nope, I was actually harming myself dramatically. So that took me into this kind of world of what some people call muscle activation technique, where I started to study it. Uh, I went to school actually for it. And that's where I learned, or that's where I became a muscle specialist and started to understand why muscles are tight, started to get a very clear picture of how muscles are supposed to work um, and to how to kind of bridge this into the yoga world. And that's how I came up with a Yama applied yoga anatomy and muscle activation. So that's the story in a nutshell. <laughs> okay. Well, the question I have for you, you say you're against stretching as a harmful practice. Do you mean just in yoga or 
Are you saying athletes shouldn't stretch? We shouldn't stretch before we work out? Uh, what exactly do you mean by that? So when I say stretching is harmful, I mean right across the board. Anytime that we stretch a muscle, we are going to basically weaken that muscle. There's a few different ways I can describe it. But when we stretch a muscle, we're creating a stress in that muscle. And that stress harms the connection between the brain and the muscle. So if you can imagine for a second that there's like a telephone line, aka your nervous system, between your brain and your muscles, when you stretch, you harm or disable that communication line, that telephone line. Sometimes I like to describe it like you're taking a pair of gardening shears and just literally cutting that connection. So athletes would be better off not stretching at all. If if you're if you're gonna do something, do some muscle activation. But if it was a choice between stretching and doing nothing, do nothing. Because <laughs> when you stretch, you're actually making the muscles weaker. Uh, you're you're setting yourself up to be actually injured in the long run. And that is not how athletes want to start out in 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 their workout or in their run or whatever they're going to do. They never, ever want to start from a weakened place. So how should they start? You mentioned muscle activation. Uh, tell us about that and tell us how should an athlete or somebody who's going to start working out because even in PE and school, they used to always teach us mm -hmm. we got to stretch first so we're going to get injured. So. Yep. Tell us. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. There's a lot of of misinformation out there. And and I think the misinformation has just been perpetuated with time. I mean, I'm sure you also, when you were in school, had your teacher saying, you must stretch before you work out. And so somebody told them that they had to, and somebody told them that they had to. And we just it's just something that we just believed. I mean, you can go on the internet anywhere. And, and see all kinds of articles on the importance of stretching. But those articles don't really tell you why you should stretch. They don't tell you the biomechanical reasons for it. They just tell you you should do it and it will prevent injuries. They don't really get into the why of it. And so there has actually been a lot of studies done that have proven and shown that muscle, the some people call it the force output, the force output of a muscle after stretching is disabled. The muscle loses the ability to contract and contract on demand. So to answer your question, Curtis, if somebody wants to do something before they're going to go work out, let's just use running as an example. So somebody's going to run. So what do some people do? Well, they'll usually throw their ankle, their leg up onto a bar to try and stretch their hamstring. Maybe they'll, they'll bring their foot behind them and grab the ankle to stretch their quad. So let's flip the script on that. What they do want to do is start activating the muscle. So one way to activate a muscle, let's, let's think about that hamstring stretch. Instead of stretching the hamstring, let's actually activate the quads. So maybe you're going to, instead of throwing your, your foot up onto that bar, maybe just hold onto that bar for balance and then very slowly start to raise your leg up as high as you can while you're standing 
hold it there for a few seconds and then slowly lower the leg back down and then do that a few times, maybe do it six times and see if you can actually hold the leg up for about six seconds each time. If you did that, all your hip flexors and and the muscles that are supporting the joints of your hip will start to actually turn on and be prepared for that run. If you want to kind of do something for your glutes, you could actually do the opposite. Instead of instead of bending the knee behind you, maybe just bend the knee and again standing as straight as you can, just push the foot away so you're engaging your glutes. You know, and there's there's other things that you can do. I just gave two simple examples like that runners could could do. Uh, before they go for a run. So the idea then is like, well, if I'm not going to stretch, what am I going to do that's going to isometrically engage the muscles that I need to support me while I'm running? Absolutely. So tell us about Ayama. Tell us, you know, what it is and how you developed it and, and anything that you want the listeners to know about it. Yeah, sure. One of the reasons why a lot of people end up hurting themselves is because they don't understand their body. Um, They just don't understand how muscles should work and how, you know, what muscles to make sure that are working. And, and I'm one of those people before I started studying uh, muscle activation, before I went back to school and started studying it, I, I can identify with a lot of your listeners because I too uh was either just, I just didn't know, but there was also a part of me that was like afraid of like, Oh God, you know, now I have to go back and, you know, study all of this stuff and try and figure out what muscles are what. And, and I realized as I was doing my muscle, my uh, muscle activation training, that one of the key ingredients that I think is missing so much in, in the world of anatomy and physiology is experience. You know, it's like we can talk about the hamstrings, for example, but do we really know where they are and what they're supposed to do? And I realized that the experience factor was missing. And so when I came up with a yama, a big part of a yama is the applied yoga anatomy part, the applied anatomy part of it. One of the words that could have been substituted for the applied part was experiential. Actually, I almost called it experiential anatomy um, when I was coming up with the name of it, because what I really wanted people to have was an experience of their body and and to understand like, oh, this is hip flexion. Look at what the hip flexors are doing. Now let's actually activate the hip flexors. Let's turn the hip flexors on so they start functioning in a better way. So the ayama part of it, the applied yoga anatomy part of it was to bring this, this comprehensive, easily understood and experiential aspect of anatomy into our activity. And then of course, bringing in the muscle activation. So once we start to understand, oh yeah, I have back pain. Well, what are the muscles that are supporting the back? Okay. So I need to activate those muscles and here's how you do it. So that's kind of a little bit about how I came up with applied yoga anatomy and muscle activation. Well, what do you feel makes your yoga approach and yoga style different from all the 
of the yogas that are out here, the traditional <laughs> yogas. Well, I don't know that I would call a lot of places out there teaching traditional yoga. I don't think that I, to be quite frank with you, I don't think that very many yoga places are teaching traditional yoga. You know, there's all kinds of yogas out there that are like power yoga and um, disco yoga. I think that there's even, you know, bring your own wine and goat yoga. <laughs> and, and all of that is fine. You know, it's, it, it, you know, if it makes people happy, go for it. But where my style differs, first of all, is I actually am very dedicated to bringing a traditional mindset to our practice. What I actually teach is coming back to the roots of what yoga is supposed to be about. And, and it's something that just isn't talked about enough. The power of a yoga practice helps one or guides one to manifesting and living their life purpose, to live their best life and to be the best version of themselves. And I think that really gets kind of lost in this kind of world of where we're so obsessed with become obsessed with putting our foot behind our head or or standing on our hands and people that literally believe like a good yoga practice is one that will help you to stand on your hands where i come in i say no we don't need to stand on our hands we need to learn how to stand well on our two feet and stand well in life so that we can face life you know full on from a place that's stable. And that's where the Ayama part comes into it. The Yama, um, applied yoga anatomy and muscle activation is all about getting the body to become more stable. And this is another focus I think that has gotten lost a lot in the yoga world is this idea of stability and how do we actually get people more stable? And for me, stability means many things. We could, you and I could have a conversation about that for a couple of hours. But at the core, for me, one of the biggest aspects of stability means to become pain-free. How can we go out to live our best life if we're full of pain? So for me, it's about getting out of pain. And one of the biggest contributors to getting in pain is stretching. So that's definitely one of the other biggest areas that I'm different than other places or other yoga teachers is I'm actually telling people stop stretching to live pain-free, stop stretching, start activating. And, and let's also bring in the aspects of yoga that we're forgetting the parts about stability, the parts about breathing properly. Um, and br let's do a yoga practice that embodies those qualities so that our students begin to leave feeling stable and most importantly, that they feel pain-free. So they leave the classes with more energy and more, a, a greater sense of purpose. So speaking of your classes, uh, t tell us about your yoga retreats. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my yoga retreats are in Costa Rica. Uh, I have a yoga retreat center called Blue Osa Yoga Retreat and Spa. And 
it's one of the most beautiful places uh i think in the world it's <laughs> of course i'm a little biased uh but we're located you know sort of in the southern part of costa rica in a place called the osa peninsula and there i opened up blue osa in 2010 uh, we welcome a lot of yoga groups every year as well as individuals looking for personal customized yoga retreats and i also do my ayama yoga teacher trainings there as well so if anybody wants to do an immersion with me uh go and check out blue osa and um you can join me for two weeks of bliss uh at blue osa working on your body to become pain-free what do you see for the future of yoga i am hopeful <laughs> you know i've said a lot of things about where i think we've kind of gone off the rails but one of the things that i do see i kind of see two things happening simultaneously i see a lot of people that have been injured by yoga uh, and when i say injured by yoga i mean injured by the practice of stretching like myself and i i see people seeking answers and being open to those answers and and saying to themselves like there's got to be more than just standing on my hands i also see people kind of like falling into the same category as category one but just kind of like going there's got to be more than this and i identify a lot with that when i met my teacher rod in 2001 I was kind of at that place where I was starting to think like, there's got to be more in this yoga stuff that I'm just not seeing that I just don't know about. And, and so that, that questioning led me to my teacher, which then opened up this universe of limitless possibilities uh, for me and my space and, and help me to find that indomitable willpower to go out to manifest uh my life purpose so i i i am hopeful that people you know through their own inner questioning will be guided into the bigger promise of what yoga can be for them in their life tell us about any current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about Absolutely. One of the biggest projects that I am working on and is pretty much almost completed is my Yama certification course online. I was just talking earlier about people coming to uh, Costa Rica to do, you know, to study with me. But what, but what I was been working on a lot is a chance for people to study with me online to be able to get their certification, to be able to, uh, in their own home, at their own pace, start digesting this information and being taken through a journey of their body and how to live their best pain-free life. So I would, I would encourage people to go to my website, yogiaron.com and learn more about this project and find out how they can live their best pain-free life. That was the next question I was going to ask is your website. <laughs> so close us out with some final thoughts. Maybe if that was something I forgot to touch on that you would like to talk about it, just any final thoughts you have for the listeners. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Curtis. I so just to just for people to remember the website is yogiaron.com, Y-O-G-I-A-A-R-O-N. I just want to just also mention I have a ton of free stuff on my site. Um, people can get plugged into all kinds of things. Um, I have I have a lot of free stuff. So just go take a look and see where your browsing takes you. But as a final thought, I I really can't stress enough that we don't have to live in pain in this life that, and I'm talking about physical pain. That's really my lane that I drive in is the physical pain part. Um, but I also have found, and this is a reflection of my own journey, that so much of my own mental pain has become a manifestation of my physical pain. You know, I get frustrated, I get depressed, I get down. I just don't feel motivated. And and I just I want to let people know that there's an answer out there. Uh I have found that muscle activation works. It it is it 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 works bar none uh most of the time. And but but I also just want to give some hope to people when they feel like there's no hope because I have been in that place of despair. Um, many times in my life, one of those times I was actually hit by a, a boulder in the Himalayan mountains, 26 kilometers away from any cars or vehicles. And, and one of the things that I, I think that pulled me through that moment was hope. And so please just always know that there's an answer out there and, and, and have the hope or have the faith that you will get that answer because it's just waiting for for you to find it. So keep the hope alive. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yogiaron.com. Please go to that website, follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible, especially all the yoga people out there. If you have any guests or suggestion topics, see Jackson102 at cox.net is the place to send them. As always, thank you for listening. And Yogi, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your expertise. I keep wanting to call you Aaron. That's completely fine. Thank you so much, Curtis. I appreciate you having me on. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.